to the Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, and welcome back, community, to the Waking Up From Work podcast. This is going to be episode 26 that you hear today. I am Dave Swillam, your host, and I'm super pumped to have you with me again. So today we talk about a lot, um, like usual. We are talking to Nick Devlin today, who is a Army Ranger of the 75th Regiment veteran. And he's actually been out on four different combat seasons. So he's got a really interesting perspective to look at his life so far and be able to put things in different perspectives of of when you face situations that are that intense. And then coming back and some of the challenges here just look different to him, I've noticed, than other people. And it's really refreshing to hear his point of view on it. He talks through a lot of different experiences in his life of taste testing because he wasn't sure exactly what it was that he wanted to get done, really. But he did the right thing. Instead of just accepting something that didn't feel right to him, he kept tasting things. He kept changing and trying things. And so while he failed at a a decent amount of things, you'll hear him say, He's coming back out of this with a perspective that really put him to why it is that he's doing what he wants to do right now, and it's leading him to where he wants to go in the future. So it's cool to listen to his perspective on everything and some of his failures and what he learned from it. So he can hopefully bring some things that are a new perspective or a fresh look at why you're going after something or Maybe you don't feel right, but you just don't know what it is that you're supposed to do yet. And he can provide some insight on basically what you want to use as tools to hone in where you want to be at. So thank you guys for listening today. It's going to be a sweet episode. Let's go. So for those of you that are tuning in or people that are going to catch this on YouTube, wherever you're at, welcome to episode 26 of the Waking Up From Work podcast. Today, I am joined by Nicholas Devlin. Do you go by Nick Devlin or Nicholas Devlin? Nick, typically. Nick Devlin. All right. I'm being all official to invite him in. So it's like the grand red carpet into the Waking Up From Work podcast, right? That's it. Yeah. Nick, I got in contact to from Pete with the great Jesse Harless circle that we talk about so much on this show because we seem to have connected with pretty much everyone in that circle. I'm sure that more will come out of the woodwork now because they're a good crew of people. But Nick has a pretty vast background, basically, when you're reading his bio of like the trajectory of, of where life's taken him so far. And so for the most part, at this time, Nick is a life coach and he has gone through ups and downs he's gone through he's a he's a military guy you're a marine right no uh, army ranger army ranger for four combat seasons yep four four deployments yep so definitely want to dig into that because i think the only other vet i've had on here would be john young from pipe dream brewery who is a solid ass dude too cool but um i love thank you for your service man Yeah. yeah my pleasure Thank you for uh, 
making it so I can just do a podcast in my bedroom and not uh, be out there fighting. So, you know, I like to go to the gun range, but that's, I like yeah. to be at the gun range and just not be on the receiving end of anything else. I like to just do my thing, you know? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but uh, Nick, you want to just run me and my audience through your background because I'm sure that you're going to kind of color the things that are most important to you throughout the process and some of the things that have kind of brought you to where you are because it looks like, you know, you've moved a ton. You've gone through life changes. You've gone through this military piece. You've gone through, you noted failure as an entrepreneur. You're back up and running. You're hitting it really hard right now. And there's a lot that I think people could benefit from, from those all those differences that are, are molding where you're at right now. So you want to just run people through like who's Nick Devlin and what made you you or what are you up to? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll start kind of high level and then you can, you can direct where I want to dig in a little bit more uh, to avoid uh, going too off the rails, but cool. yeah. So, uh, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts on Cape Cod to a working class family, you know, ended up going to, uh, technical high school. This was kind of very young. I wanted to be useful. I wanted to learn practical knowledge. And, uh, you know, for me, that looked like in high school, in my freshman year, really, I decided I wanted to go to a technical high school because I wanted to learn skills that I felt like I could actually use in the real world. Perfect. I wasn't sure at that point that I wanted to go to college or anything like that, right? So I knew I wanted to be able to make a living, do something useful. So Went to a technical high school and um, studied automotive technology. And then around my senior year, I decided I did want to consider college. And because I was doing that, I thought, well, engineering kind of makes sense. You know, I like taking stuff apart and trying to put it back together again. Uh, I like working with my hands and mechanical things. So I ended up going to a college in Boston at Wentworth Institute of Technology for mechanical engineering. and. Uh, you know, that, that was, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, it wasn't awesome. Right. But, um, after graduating there, I <clears throat> went to work, um, various jobs around Boston. This is where I started to kind of wander, right. I was not, I was not really being intentional about my life. I was just kind of following, you know, the logical steps, what seemed like logical steps to me at the time. Right. Which led to, you know, working for a couple of years for a job and then moving on to another job. And um, when I was about 22 years old, I picked up and I moved to California. It was just like, I was fed up with just working these. I'm out of here. I, I'm out of Yeah, exactly. Some friends were, were moving there and I kind of jumped on last minute. I was like, yeah, I'll move there with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, not really a great plan in place, but I just felt like I had to take some kind of action. And okay. that was... That was a, a very good learning experience for me. Lasted about four months out in LA and uh, flew back to the East Coast. I really kind of hit rock bottom and had to rebuild from there. That's a very hard city to just like appear in. LA very, is, is not an easy city to just, boom, I'm good to go. Yeah, exactly. And I showed yeah. up like, oh, I'm going to be a rock star or something, right? I'll be fine. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> didn't work out. Uh, I like the optimism. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I'm going to be a rock star. I, I, I like the optimism, <laughs> that part, but then like... Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like tamper that with a little bit of uh, reality or at least a plan going into yeah. it. Yeah. So, cool. you know, came, came back and, and ended up uh, 
were jumping into another job. And really, this was kind of the pattern. Um, up until about uh, 2008, and that's when I decided to join the military. And, you know, this, is, this was a decision. So I was 28 years old, and, and I look at my life now, I look back, I'm, I'm 41 now, and I look back and, and there's a couple different turning points in my life that really uh, put me on a different path. And, and that was one of those points in my life where I made a decision to do something bigger than myself right, to be part of something. Uh, I definitely had this sense of duty or, you know, calling. Um, I had grown up, my grandfather had been in World War II, right? He was a, a first division Marine in the Pacific theater. Uh, some of my dad's friends were Vietnam vets, Korea vets. So, you know, I always kind of admired that. Um, I was the kid that was, you know, going out in the woods and playing army with my buddies, right? And just Oh yeah. Imagination going wild. Right. So that, that was my happy place back then. And all this kind of led to this point when I was 28 years old, um, where I realized, you know, I was just kind of going through the motions in my life. Um, I really wanted to do something bigger. And, um, so I looked at the military and, you know, that, that was kind of a, an interesting path to actually get in, but we'll, we'll save that for later. Uh, I joined, the army in 2008, in January, 2008. And I joined with a uh, ranger contract, which basically meant that assuming I made it through every step of the selection, I had a shot at being in ranger battalion. So for those, those that don't know, you know, 75th ranger regiment is one of the most hardcore infantry units out there, right? They're special operations. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and so Joining in 2008, uh, 75th Ranger Regiment meant I was going to war, right? That was, we, U.S. was at war in the Middle East, uh, very, very active. And uh, so that was a big decision. But for me, that's what I had to do at that time, right? I, I just wanted to do the most hardcore thing I could think of. You know, I knew that I needed to have like a reset in my life and be part of something bigger. So, so I uh, so opted for that. That's definitely it. That's it. That's the um, way to do it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that's a little hardcore. <laughs> Got out of the military after four years, and there was, there's a lot in that four years that I'm sure we'll get into. But but the biggest takeaway for me was that I had this realization through that experience that I could do more. Right, I had a newfound confidence in my own capacity for life, for adventure, for leadership. And so I knew that I didn't want to just go back into my old engineering life and, you know, and, and right back into the going through the motions thing. Right. So that said, I did kind of go back into that just because it was a good fallback, right? It was a good, I could make a decent sure. income. And at this point I now had an infant son I was married. So I had a lot of responsibilities that was kind of weighing on me. Oh yeah. And, uh, so I went back into engineering but I started to steer my career more towards leadership, still with an eye in the corporate world. I started to think about going for an MBA. And ultimately, after a couple of years, that's what I did. So then I, I applied to MBA programs. And you know, kind of in the same, same vein, I've always been bold. I've always been ambitious and always kind of had the, the approach of, why the hell not, right? Let me try 
shoot for the moon and see what happens. And so, you know, that was kind of my approach with Ranger Regiment, trying to get to this very selective group of individuals in the military. That worked out. When I was looking at MBA programs, I applied to Cornell. That was one of them, right? So I was looking at that Ivy League level. And again, remember, my background, right, is middle-class family. Um, we didn't have a, a ton of money. Nobody in my family was, was college-educated. And, you know, so to, to go for this is, is, is a big deal, right? That, that's shooting way above my, my league. Ended up getting accepted. Uh, yeah, so attended Cornell. Two years, got my MBA there. Again, just kind of, I'm still following that same pattern though, right? Of, of not being intentional, not listening to my real heart's desire. I'm just, I'm kind of just looking at, well, maybe I should do this now. You know, it's, it's always this, well, I just did that. So this is the next logical step. Yep. Um, so when I was finishing up my MBA, I thought, well, now I have my MBA. I guess I have to get into management. And that was kind of my aim all along you know, just with the blinders on. So I took a job in New Jersey as a manager for a big medical device company. We packed up the family because we were living in New Hampshire at that time. We packed up the family, moved everybody to New Jersey to uh, a town right outside Manhattan. Very, very different culture down there. Entirely. And, and yeah. And this was an incredible experience. This was a really good experience. So I talked about the experience in LA, right? Which kind of humbled me and, and maybe rethink some things. And that I look at that experience as one of my first failures of, you know, once I was out on my own. Right. LA, LA is like, Hey, you're going to come in here. I'm going to smack you down. Like LA hits yeah. you. You're like, yeah. damn, I yeah. don't have money. I don't have a way to survive here. This place is a yeah. jungle. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Bring up all the experience. And then you hit Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) different, different, entirely different city, different city. And, and, you know, this is a good 15, 20 years of, of time have passed. Right. Right. And and so so I'm a different person, right. I'm totally different, uh, uh, reality and environment, but still some, some similar, um, similar themes in that this was a great learning experience, you know, and I, (laughs) I say that kind of, tongue in cheek because uh it wasn't necessarily enjoyable learning right. we we lived there for about a year almost a year exactly the job was great uh, you know by all appearances it was a great company i had a great manager i was leading a great team i was working a lot okay. i was so focused on on career and and i I think it was a lot of fear, you know, wrapped up in that, that, Hey, I just moved my whole family. You know, I have to make this work. I got to go. Just, I just invested all this money into an MBA. Like I have to do this and it has to work. And yep. that's, you know, my, my biggest, my biggest um, challenge is control. Right. So I, I, I say that's my addiction, right. Is control. Okay. And, and I was white knuckling life to death. <laughs> during that time in New Jersey. It's got to be this way. It yeah. has to be this way. It's just, it's going to work. Like, don't, you know, don't even talk to me. It's going to work. Yep. And, you know, uh, as the universe often does, <laughs> had different plans and, um, and has a way of, of, you know, bringing you to, uh, to heal. And um, my home life was crap. My marriage was on the rocks, you know, um, I was unhappy, right? I was unhealthy. I mean, look, I look back at pictures now. I'm like, oh my God, like 
you know, I didn't see it at the time because I was so just determined and, 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 you know, trying to control things, everything was going to shit. (laughs) And, uh, I was fortunate to connect with a really good friend of mine who asked the right question at the right time. And it completely, it completely flipped my world upside down. What was the question? Uh, The question, the question was, do you want to stay married to Camilla? Right. And it, it's a simple question, right? And it's, it was it was the context, you know, it, it fit the context text of the conversation, but it it hit me. I mean, it, it just hit me like a rock, right? That's a real question. That's it's a real, not a fake question. You know, <laughs> no, you're like you're like, I don't know. There's other ways to hint at that that ask, right? Yeah. Someone, but that is a real question, and you're like. Yeah. Damn, if you weren't ready for the question, if you weren't expecting that that was coming, that's like, a, that's the wall. I mean, you hit that with a yeah. car and you're like, okay. Yeah. Here, this is where yeah, we're at. I, I, I literally cried, man. He asked me I would a question too. and I cried. 100%. And, I, and I, I didn't answer. And I, and I basically said, you know, I'm going to think about that. You know, I said, thank you for asking that. I, I'm going to give that question the, the, you know, it's due. And, um, and so I really did, I sat with that, you know, and, um, we had had this, this was during a visit back to New Hampshire. I was staying with my wife's grandmother, the whole family, right? All of us were staying, staying there. You know, it was an interesting setting to, to sit with this question where I was going to, was that at this point? That's uh, this, this is last year. Yeah. This is, uh, New Hampshire and that's when you were back in New Hampshire. No, 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 no. So yeah. So we were visiting, right? So we're still living in New Jersey. Okay. Came back to visit. And I went and, and spent time with my, you know, my friend and, uh, and that's when he hit me. Yeah. So, so, so sitting with this question now, I had to go back, you know, and spend time with my wife and my kids yeah. at, at her grandmother's house. And then we were going to pick up and drive back to New Jersey. Ultimately, you know, I don't want to leave this cliffhanger too long. <laughs> I know I'm, I, I, I'm brewing dude. And our listeners freaking out. Like. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I answered the question. Yes. Right, that, I, that I absolutely okay. did want to stay married to her. Um, but, but again, just really appreciated that question, right? Because th- like you said, this is a real question. And this is where there's so much opportunity for most people is these questions aren't asked. <laughs> Always. Right? Never, never. Really. There's no way to ask the question. And it's, it's incredible what can happen when you ask a question. Yes. And it's a real question and it's provocative and it's, you know, from the heart. Um, you, you could change the world, right? In one conversation. So we had an episode that I actually, I brought my wife onto the show to talk mm-hmm. about like going after goals as a couple, because mm-hmm. I really believe like if you're doing life coach and like I've, I've now in episode 26, I've already gone to interview and talk with a lot of people in this journey in completely different fields that have nothing to do with each other, like all over the place. Yeah. And this is a thing that just this type of person seems to face. Like, I don't, I don't know when in the career, it could be different times in the career. It can be in different ways that these couples face it. But like, if you are the type of person where you're really going against the grain or you're trying to do something that's not a traditional work style, or you're trying to do something where you're creating something and it's not like a normal infrastructure and normal in the sense that you, if you do the thing, you get the thing, right? Right. Is you got to watch that shit like a hawk. Like in that episode, I talk about, you know, 
between my wife and I, she's pursuing veterinarian. She wants to open her own vet practice. I, if you haven't followed some of the background that I have, Nick, is I work full time. Me and you are super in line with where we're at in life because I'm side hustling with the attempt to create something to just really do exactly what I want to do every single day, all in, right? Yeah. Inside there, the amount of hustle that is required to do that is no joke where like, you know, a lot has changed where my wife now and I don't live with each other because she had to go to vet school. So I'm able to sit in my pit of work and I'm not affecting someone else, right? But I'm still working the same way that I did when I was with her, when I'm doing seven days a week, I'm staying up till 2 a.m. random nights. I'm just, I'm just in it. And there's never been a point where it's been a scare for me. But there have mm-hmm. been points where my wife's put me in check to say, we're cool. I know you're chasing things. I know that you're just a really active person. I want you to know that tonight you did something where if you do that for the rest of our lives together, that's a fucking problem. Mm. That, is, that, that right there, you need to understand, will be an issue. Mm. So it was, never, it was never to any point like, We've never been to that point and I'm, I'm lucky and happy as hell. Like I've been with her for 10 years, married for three and it's exciting to be, to never have an issue like that. But there were moments that like, it wasn't the same question that you were asked, but it, 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 to me, if I could imagine what that was, that's what it felt like. Where like, I'm just doing shit. Just like you're saying, you're in it. You don't know you're in it. And you're like, I guess like from the outside, what you're doing in life or what you're doing on a daily basis, that is not normal. It's not normal for you to work from 6 a.m. till 2 a.m. That's not normal. It's not normal to eat a granola bar on the ride, do a call on that, schedule something for, you know, like none of it's normal. Yeah. It gets normal when you do it every day. Right. Everything, something you do every single day becomes normal real quick. And if people don't check you like that, and thank God she did because, it made it so that times when I'm hanging out with her, I drop my phone. Like mm. I do not touch that phone. I do not answer emails. Just like when you're talking about coming back into control, those emails, like, like, and this is why I love all the Tim Ferriss shit when I'm talking four hour work week. If you yeah. check out any of that, he's all in on just like, I answer emails. I ran this company. Like I answer emails once a week and people know that I answer them between at 12 p.m. And 4 p.m. I don't answer them any other times. And if I can do it running a company with every vendor and every person in the world, that anyone can do it. And it's like we make these decisions of prioritization in our time and the sense of urgency for social or the sense of urgency for each task and things like that. And every once in a while, like just like you're saying, like life rebalances and people re- hopefully help rebalance you where if you can't say it, stuff like that, there that hit me hard enough where like I am still a insanely active person. I still have the schedule I do, but like when times are designated for stuff or when I realize that I'm not being forward with how I'm scheduling things to do what I need to do with my wife, shit stops. I'm not booking shit. I'm not completing that project. I'm not answering that email. I'm not doing that thing because at the end of the day, it's not fun to do even the thing that is your dream in life, which you want to do in your entire life. You've been trying your whole life to achieve it. You can achieve it. 
And if you are not with someone and you don't want to be perfect and you feel that, and that's cool. If you're with someone and you know that that is the person you are supposed to spend your life with, you are supposed to, you are literally supposed to be with that person, like symbiote, like, yeah. If you do something to ruin that, then you can live the rest of your life doing the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life. And if you don't have that person to share it with, you you lost it. You yeah. absolutely lost it. And I thought about that real hard when I got checked like that. And that was a question where I, I, I feel you, man. Like I, I've literally lived that wall question where you're like, damn, it feels like you're driving the car and the deer jumped out and you just freeze it. And you're like, whoa, all right. <laughs> yeah. Like it's over and you're cool. And you're like, no, I'm cool. Like I'm healthy right now. Like I'm still cool. You look at the other person like I'm cool. And it's still, you still stay parked in the road for a little bit. Cause you're like, I need to make sure that I am really cool and alive. Yeah. Right. I drive again. That's how hard it hits. So yeah, absolutely. Side yeah. tangent, but I wanted you to know, like, I get it, man. Like I, that blows you away. That's a big, yeah, yeah, it know, does. It's a big and, check. And it's, it's a gift, right? Because if, if he hadn't been courageous enough, right. Or vulnerable enough to ask that question, you yeah. know, because you could, somebody might take offense, right, or whatever. Absolutely. If you hadn't been bold enough to ask that question, you know, who knows? I'd probably still be on that track, and and you know, I, I don't know. If you weren't strong enough to be able to take the question, right? Right. Because right. even like they had to be bold enough to say it, and you have to be strong enough to to not only, to not take it and then immediately defend. You you took it and you're like, okay, I'm going to think about life right now. Right. You no, know? you didn't attack. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. hard too. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, so continuing, I guess the, the story, the long version of the short version, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that led to a pretty rapid, um, reassessment of where I was at. Um, you know, once I answered that question, yes, it was like, okay, well, if the answer is yes, obviously things have to change. Right. And, you know, it led to a lot of heart to heart talks with my wife. Um, it very quickly led to some pretty, you know, intense talks with my manager, um, <laughs> who I, when I had been hired by one manager in about six months of working there, he got promoted and moved out of state for the new gig. A new manager started. So now this new manager has me as a direct report for a few months and then I come to him with this, right? So, oh <laughs> so, I, so I've been with the company for, for like eight months, maybe, you know, this new manager for a couple months and he and I, we got along, but there was some adjustment, right? That was happening, kind of yep. feeling each other out. Yep. And, and I came to him and I said, I'm not going to be here next year. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, uh, and, and it was, it was just, it was intense how I started living really intentional. Once I started to get clarity on, okay, this isn't working and this is what I truly desire. Right. So this life isn't working right now, the way it's set up. I yep. desire to stay married. I desire to be an engaged father. I desire yep. to have a life that I enjoy. You know, um, I started to act boldly and, but with confidence, right? I just felt like I was making the right calls now. Um, I, I didn't have much spirituality at the time, but, you know, I started to get little 
nudges that maybe there was more to it than just my plan, right? Again, coming back to the control, and this is where my, my illusion of being in control started to break down. Um, so I had the conversation with my manager without any plan, right? I was just like, hey, I'm not going to be here. I mean, he could have fired me, right? I, I don't know. I mean, it's just that I just knew that this was the right thing to do was just to come clean and that the universe would kind of start to put the pieces into place yeah. to make it happen because I was living intentionally and genuinely and from a place of love and you know truth. And so uh, he took it very well, right? I mean, after he got over his initial shock, he was like, okay. Uh, you know, I explained everything. I was just an open book. Uh, yeah. And he and the HR department and everybody else that was involved in that transition from that company was fantastic, right? They were just, it was like this door was open and, and things that could have turned out horribly were just starting to fall into place. And um, they, you know, they obviously had to start uh, looking for my replacement. Yep. Everything was very amicable, right? When, once they found the, the person who was going to take my role, I agreed to stay on to train them. And there was a, a good, maybe a month overlap there. When I left, I had, I had accepted a sign on like a reload package, you know, to go down there. Yeah. So it was a significant, it was like $10,000. Right. So, and, and if you left within a year, you had to pay it back. Gotcha. I, I was leaving after like 11 and a half months. Right. So there was a possibility that I was going to have to pay this back. Yeah. But because I had approached it in such a pure manner and, and agreed to stay on and help train and all this, they happily just waved that. Right. Awesome. They're like, you know what? Close enough. You've been wow. a, good, a good employee. Sad to see you go. All that kind of stuff. Um, so it was actually this like really incredible experience that could have totally blown my life up, but it, but it was, it was just smooth. Right. It was just easy. Um, and life just continued like that. So that was about a year ago. No, I'm sorry. That was, that was last, last November is when we moved up here. So once we got up here, we found a house, right? Like the house that we wanted came on the market and two days later we put an offer on it. So it was, it was on, it was on the market for two days. We went up, we saw it, we put an offer on it. They accepted it. Like, boom, we had a house. There we go. Yep, great. You got a house. Um, I had a uh, I had a job lined up like very quickly. Had a job that came through, and um, you know, at that point, I wasn't. I was just trying to get a job, right, so that we could afford to move and live. Yeah, and so just kind of going for anything and hope, hoping that it was going to work out and, and be something I could tolerate for a while. Um, yep, and it, and it was great. You know, they. they they brought me on. It was a good deal to, to come on. It was actually a bump in salary. And, you know, for those of you that know anything about Jersey versus New Hampshire, it was a bump in salary. And that's not the norm. That's not the norm, you know, because the cost of living is so much lower in New Hampshire. So it was really actually, you know, a pretty significant bump. Yeah. So I started working pretty much right away. We're in, we're in a home. We're closer to family. You know, my wife and I both took a huge, like, sigh of relief coming up here, right? Just, just like, okay. Landed. Like, yeah, we're landed. This is better. We're, we're, we don't know really what's going to happen at this point, right, with our lives exactly, but we know that we're on the right track. Cool. I actually left that job after about a month. <laughs> I think it was about a month. <laughs> it, was, it got really, it got real oh. interesting. 
I'm telling you, it got really interesting when we moved up here. Um, things started to fall into place. And then, but then there was all this like shifting and like stormy seas, right? Like this yeah. job, it was great. Oh, awesome. Got a job. You know, I can afford to live up here and we're, we're, we can take a deep breath and all that. And then I realized very quickly that it was not where I wanted to be, right? It was just like an awful, awful culture there. Um, it, it just wasn't, was not a good fit, you know? And so I was like, ah, oh, this isn't, you know, but then out of the blue, another company calls me and it was a company that I had interviewed with on trying to come up here from New Jersey. Um, but they just kind of dragged their feet and the other company came through with an offer, you know, so I went there. Um, but this other company called me back uh, and said, Hey, we're, we're still interested in you. Uh, realize that you have a job and you're probably moving on to better pastures. But, uh, if you're interested, we'd still like to talk to you. Sure. Like, yeah, you guys were my first, first choice coming up here. So sure. I'll talk to you. And uh, ended up going through that whole process, and they made me an offer. There was a, a bump in salary from the job that I was at, right? So I just keep like, it's like the universe is just throwing, throwing money, throwing good stuff at me. Cool. At, once I finally started to let go, right? I finally started to let go of control and just say, all right, you know, here's the end result. I want to stay married. I want to be a good father. I want to live the life I want. Uh, don't even really know exactly what that life looks like, but I know that I'm done holding the reins. Right. Yep. And, um, and all this incredible stuff started happening. So <laughs> then I, I start this new job and after about a month, uh, corporate comes in and says, we're shutting down this location. And so pretty much everybody's getting laid off. <laughs> right. So <laughs> at this point, yeah. at this all point, right. I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been to a goal setting exercise at Pete shop, uh, with Jesse and all those guys. And, uh, I've started to really get intentional about my life, right? Okay. So, and and, and the, it has a very different feel from control because it's it's intentions, right? It's focused on. It's, like it's like a an archer, like you are focused on something, so you're continually doing things to like go towards that. And there's other stuff happening, like there's like something, someone throwing something in front of your face or like there's an arrow that's bad when you're putting it, it's just lopsided because yeah. it's been bent or the wind's picking up, but like you're focused on just the bullseye and you're moving towards it instead yeah. of being like, this is the bullseye. And then you start trying to control the air and you start trying to make it so that there's not other people around to throw things. And you're trying to make sure that every single thing, instead of doing that, you just focused and you're just moving towards the goal. Yeah, there might be other things that are affecting it in, in positive and negative ways, but you're just focused on that goal, right? You'll try to coordinate it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. That there's such a difference in the way that that feels. Yeah, yeah, because I was almost the opposite before, right? I was controlling the day to day without any intention of where I wanted to end up, without any bigger goal, right, or bigger dream. It was just like, hey, I just, you know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be a manager, and I'm going to whatever, right? Right, and, and yeah, it's just, it's just not effective. Um, so, you know, I started to get intentional, set these goals and I had, I had some goals around like, I want to invest in real estate this year, you know, uh, spend more time with family, travel. These are, you know, they're okay goals. Right. And it's good to have goals. I think you're in like, you know, the, the top, like few percent of yeah. people everywhere. If you even have goals or setting them and trying to pursue these. Right. Yep. Um, but they're also not super inspiring goals. Um, when, when that layoff came through or the announcement that they were going to shut down that, 
that location, it was, it was a little bit jarring, but it wasn't scary for me. I mean, I, I like just, I can survive. I've yeah. survived four, four times out for war. I've exactly. survived like all these moves. I've survived all these job changes. I've yeah. somehow just crawled out and of a rock and survived. So exactly. So, I mean, I literally just, I just laughed, you know, I was like, okay, sure. Of course. Right. And, like and it, opera. Someone's yeah. watching, someone's paying to, well, and, and I think, you know, there is something to when you, when you start to get intentional in your life and you start to have some bigger dreams and go for it. Um, I do think that the universe tests you, I right? I think you start yeah, to yeah. get like, Oh, okay. Do you really want this? You know, how committed are you? Um, Definitely. and you know, and, and, for me, right, very, very like kind of zooming in on, on my case where, was, where the big issue was control, um, was like, okay, I'm going to let go of control, right? And, and I, I picture the universe going like, okay, you're going to let go of control. Let's test this, right? Like what happens if, you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to, you know, here's a, here's a, lay, a round of layoffs. You it's know, like, like Jumanji and the yeah. play that you move. All right, now the, now the giant spiders are coming out and you're like, all right. Yeah, like are you going to freak out and are go back into control that? mode now or are you going to continue to put that faith out there, right? And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it was cool. So it was, a, it was a great opportunity to, you know, to lean into, uh, lean into faith. And, um, so what and happens? So, so it ends up that I'm not in the, in the round of layoffs and there's been, I mean, there's been like three or four since then. But I actually am asked to stay on because I happen to be tied into a strategic project that they're going to keep on. And they offer me a retention bonus to stay on, which essentially means, Hey, as long as you don't leave and go find another job before the product launches, then we're going to pay you a whole bunch of money when the product launches, you know, (laughs) like, okay, sure. Yeah. I guess I'll stay. Um, So, you know, like you alluded to before, I am working full time right now. Um, but it was, and it's, it's worked out again, like just like gifts from the universe, like, boom, here, you know, um, here's this job that it's not, maybe it's not going to last forever. Right. But when this product launches, here's a whole bunch of money, presumably, right. I I'm done predicting the future. It may or may not happen. You know, even though they say it, it, it will, who knows? As soon as they came through and said, we're shutting down this location, that was like a, a, a big wake up for me, right? It's, I don't know, maybe I, it just takes a lot of uh, times for me to hear it, but it really struck a chord that, you know, what am I doing? Right? Nothing is safe. Nothing is safe. Day I'm, job's not safe. Being an entrepreneur is not safe. Right. Being a small business is not safe. Nothing is guaranteed in this world. Right, exactly. And you know, it was, it was a combination of me just becoming a lot more intentional, starting to set goals, being around, uh, you know, the circle of people that I was, I was around now. And, um, you know, which is a lot of entrepreneurs, a couple life coaches in there, cool. uh, just people who are just really getting after it, you know, and living intentional lives. And um, with this announcement, it was like, what, you know, what am I doing? I've, I've started to set some goals, but yeah, they're, you know, they're not that great. Um, and at that goal setting event at Pete's shop, somebody else had mentioned, I want to be a life coach. That was their, their goal that they came out uh, that session with. And I don't know what it was, you know, maybe it just had to sit in my subconscious for a while, but around the time of that announcement that they were going to shut down this location, I went, that's it. 
Like that's, that's what I want to do. And, you know, I, I can't really explain it other than to say I had been doing a lot of work over the last year to clear out the clutter in my life, in my head, um, just really pursue clarity on what was important to me. Um, and I remember that same friend who asked me that question that turned my life around um, had said, you know, at some point, if you put the effort in, um, he actually guided me through some of the 12 steps. And he said, you know, at some point, you're going to get some kind of flash of inspiration. You know, and I thought it was crazy. I was like, that would be awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if I really believe you. You know, could it be, you know, could it be that simple? Not easy, but simple. And uh, that's, that's the only thing I can think of is, is it just kind of hit me. It was this inspirational flash of, you know, I have to do this. And as I started to look into that and lean into that, I realized that, yeah, all the times in my life where I was really pumped up, where I was in flow, where I was energized, um, for the most part, those were times when I was in a coaching situation, whether it was helping someone else, you know, achieve something or just work through something in their lives or whether it was myself being coached for, for one reason or another, um, even in the military, right? Like that was one of my, my most enjoyable things is, was being a team leader and helping the, the younger guys through, you know, just becoming um, a better ranger and, you know, yep. figuring out their own stuff in their lives. Um, I mean, there was a lot of other stuff that I enjoyed too, just from like a, an excitement standpoint in that, in that time of my life. But, you know, really just overarching picture as, as a, you know, as a calling or something that I, that I can do in this life and really make an impact and have a difference. It was all related to this coaching persona, I guess. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, very quickly after having that, that realization, I actually hired a coach and I hired a life coach because I thought, well, if this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to tell people they should hire a coach, I should probably check it out, see what it's all about. Absolutely. And, uh, and you know, Pete actually recommended a couple um, different things to check out in that regard and ended up going with, uh, with one of the ones he recommended and it's changed my life, right? It was, it was, it just kind of accelerated everything. As soon as I started uh, working with a coach, things started to fall into place even more. Right. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So in a very short period of time, you know, I went from just fully working a corporate job to the announcement that they were going to have a bunch of layoffs and that even though I was staying on, it was a temporary role. Right. Um, to, to getting super intentional about what I wanted, having this kind of flash of inspiration and then really going for it, right. Pursuing it, taking action towards doing what I said I, I wanted to do. Yep. Um, very, very simple concepts, right? But again, most people don't do it, right? They just don't, they don't ask those questions. If they even consider some kind of bigger dream that, that could pull them forward, they then don't take the, the steps towards it. Discount it. They, they discount I hate it. People discount it, man. And I hate when like I'm at the table when people are discounting each other where they're like, oh, you know, I like, like you're like, oh, you're, a musician. They're like, yeah, I'm a, I basically am like the nastiest drummer in the world. They're like, that's awesome. Like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, well I work this. I mean, like I would love to do that, but like this and and you're like, (laughs) you can do it. Yeah. And then like, I, 
get, uh, dude, I'm ready to go. When that person's like, yeah, I mean, what you're doing now is so much more reliable. You, you really need to be doing that. Like, thank God you didn't do the drums. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? You know, like, yeah, that's ridiculous. There's like a ridiculous amount of drummers that go to work full time drumming right now, but it's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Yeah. That you could ever do who's a disgusting drummer can't do that and needs to go sell insurance and you're like yeah come on yeah dude i get fueled up yeah yeah <laughs> you can awesome. do it man you can yeah. do it there's there's a ton of ton of fear you know that everybody lives with and a it lot of pro- each other oh yeah of course there's back out there because they're scared too and it sucks man yeah it sucks yeah to breathe it in yeah it does but you know um yeah <laughs> we could we could go on so many different tangents here, but, um, but yeah, so, so ultimately, um, you know, I'm at the point now where I am, I'm getting more comfortable with saying I'm a life coach, right? Where people, people ask, Hey, what do you do? Right. I'm now very recently, my answer is I'm a coach, right? And instead of like answering it in a, in a way that feels safer, right? Tied to what you just said, right? Where people are like, oh, but I do this, right? Don't worry. I'm a responsible adult. I have a job. Yep. Right? <laughs> and I would answer it like, well, you know, I work at this med device company and, but I'm building a coaching practice, you know, and that's what I'm really excited about. Yep. And, and now I'm just, I'm finally saying I'm a coach. Yes. Because that's what I truly am. Because like, imposter syndrome is gone. Yeah, right? exactly. It's exactly totally different to be like, what do you do? I work this job and I'm building this thing. When you might've been building that thing for like three or four years and you only need another two to be that thing all in. You're still saying it. There's a difference between that. And you're like, I'm this thing. Right. Ask any of these ridiculous amount of people that I have helped to do that thing. Ask my portfolio of shit that I have been doing. Ask my wife who's seeing me do it every night. I'm that thing. And I also do this thing, right? These are my goals. And it's just a different way to talk about it. And it's just a way that like those people will believe you when you're talking business, but you have to say it in the way that you really mean that it's happening or else they won't believe it. And then less people will think of you in that way. And then less people align with you on what you want done. Like throughout this podcast, man, like uh, it's been like the same thing where like, I'm redundantly saying what I want. I want to be an audio engineer full-time doing recordings out of a studio that I own myself. Mm -hmm. I want to do that every day and be able to make a living. I want to be able to make my own choices of what I do every day when I get up. I want to be able to be like a stay-at-home father someday. I want to be engaged with my wife. Like These are the things that I want and I just say them. Anytime someone asks me, I say the same thing and I've been that way for the past two years. I didn't always do that. Yeah. Now I always say it. When you're talking about living with intent, I say the same shit every day when anyone asks me it and they're very simple points of these are the things that I want. And I say them back to myself too. And I'm in a run or I'm doing a cold shower or whatever I'm doing the same things. And I believe that that's a part of you manifesting that to happen is by just being forward with like, these are the things that I want to do. I want nothing else in life, but these two or three things that I'm saying. And when people hear that over and over and over again, Every person, they're like, I know, dude, you want to do that. Like, I get it, you know? <laughs> but then when a friend asks to do this thing, or do you have anyone that does this? Or do you know anyone that does this? Or when they're having dinner table conversations, then it's coming out. 
in every single place because you've said the same message. You're clear as shit about what it is that you're trying to accomplish and everyone knows it. So then when opportunities, opportunities are then created from that because you're manifesting where you're supposed to be at. So people want to be engaged or they don't even do it on purpose and it just happens that way. I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, I, I think of the term abracadabra, right? Abracadabra is, is from all, you know, our childhood, right? Um, it's you're playing magic and you just say these words, abracadabra, but they literally translate in, in Aramaic to, as I speak, I create. I love that. Right? It literally means as I speak, I create. And, if, and what you're talking about is using abracadabra. You are saying it, you're speaking these words. And literally as you're speaking them, you're creating your new reality. Little bit by bit, every time you say them, you know you're you're changing your world, and you know there's. I believe that there's even more, right? It's going into your subconscious, right? And your subconscious runs the show. You know, you don't think about that. People think, you know, I'm in control. I have this conscious mind, and that's how I'm living my life. No, your your subconscious is truly truly running the show, driving the ship. Definitely. And you know, and so you're putting it out there. Your subconscious is hearing it. You're creating. And, and the universe responds, right? However you want to look at that, right? What you described is a version of, of universe, right? It's the people around you and the things around you. Yep. It responds. Um, and yeah, when you talk about affirmations or intentions or, um, or repeating certain things over and over again, you know, if you're consistent, things happen, right? You've probably, you've seen it. I've definitely seen it in my life. Things start to happen. That you're to. like... That was amazing, right? That was that coincidence? Was it synchronicity? I don't know, but I was saying this, this, and this, and then after a certain amount of time, like that happened, right? You know, and and I, I truly believe that there's, hey, you put this out there, and and you're consistent with that message, that there's a time gap, but it's going to happen. Right? Definitely a time gap. Definitely, like there is no overnight success. The people who have overnight success. Yeah. Worked for 10 years grinding their ass off eating rice, right? Yeah, exactly. But if you want it that bad that you're willing to take the 10 years to eat rice, and that's figuratively because we all right. have our own type of shit, you know, right. then it will happen. Like it just happens. Like yeah. it, there's, it's, it sucks to have like blind faith and just go after something. And like you were saying earlier, you also need to be realistic with like real life too, past yeah. being blindly faithful. But like somewhere in there is serendipity of finding those and then pushing that forward to like, it will happen. You can make it happen. Like, let's find the steps. Let's create a way. Let's have the target extremely clear. So like, there's no confusion on what it is that you're supposed to be doing and what it is that you're supposed to be saying no to. I say all the time to people, like you need to know what you need to say no to, and you can't know what to say no to unless you know what you need to say yes to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's really, it's much simpler than we believe it to be, but it's because of all the curveballs that we get. And they are, some of the curveballs are, there's some people who are able to get past things that I'm not strong enough for. There's, there's unreal curveballs out there. They're not a joke. Yeah. Get past them. You can do it. Yeah. For sure. So like, I guess, so now today, Working that, creating that, that's where you're at. That's what you're doing and that's where you're going. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's really full steam ahead. I mean, I've, one of the other things that was kind of a cool gift from from the universe was uh, the opportunity to work from home, right? So uh, I was in an office. I was working in Portsmouth, which is an hour away from where I live. Sure. You know, so I was doing that hour drive there, hour drive back every day. And as a result of this restructuring that they're doing, I had the opportunity to work from home. Yep. Uh, it was supposed to be starting in like October. And I, I just, again, being like, well, let me ask, right? Screw it. What's the worst could happen? Yeah. I asked back in uh, June. Yeah. I think it was so, you know, it was a couple of months ago. So, and, and I said, well, can I start working from home now? Let me at least trial it. And tried it for a little bit and it worked out. And so it was like, okay, fine. So, you know, very quickly, now I'm working from home. Awesome. And the great thing about that is, I have control over my time. I'm not sitting in a, in an office, you know, basically going through the motions or, you know, keeping up appearances. Um, when I have work things to do, let's see. It just went. It's okay. Oh, okay. Uh, when I have, when I have tasks that I need to do for work, I do them. Right. But then instead of sitting in an office and like, Oh, I'll go grab coffee or I'll, you know, go shoot the shit with uh, coworkers or just sit here and look at the internet, right? I mean, there's so, so much inefficiency in an office setting. Definitely all the time. Now I can say, all right, I don't have a meeting for an hour. Like I'm going to hammer out some stuff for, for my side hustle, you know? So I'm, I'm able to kind of meld time that way. Cool. And, um, and it's been phenomenal. So, so where I'm at right now is I'm really in the brand building phase, right? I have, I have a few clients. I have, um, I'm taking uh, certification classes to get my PCC, the professional coaching certification. Sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, now, now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm coaching, you know, I'm comfortable talking about that as what I do. Um, now, how do I, how do I point people to something? Right. Or how do I, you know, give them a, a business card or, you know, so um, yeah, so that's really where I'm at is this, that's, you know, very specific, but, uh, building that that brand, building that voice. Um, you know, like we talked about earlier, I'm going to be practicing video and getting that out there. Hell yeah! Uh, you know, building a website. So just taking all those all those little action steps um, to uh, to get to the next level. Cool. It's, it's phenomenal. It's awesome. Awesome, man. I mean, that's probably the first time that the episode has basically been someone's story that's how much cool. of a story you have to tell man <laughs> like the episode was breaking down that story but i think that we attacked a bunch of different points to break down and digest a little bit about all those pivot points in your life that made it happen mm-hmm. one thing i want to circle back to really quick is because i don't get the opportunity to talk to a ton of veterans on here and I personally, I just have zero experience with understanding because there's no way that I could what that viewpoint brings to it. Can you tell my audience that hasn't been in the military or maybe share with those who have been hmm. what traits about the military or your experience in actual combat or like everything that you've been through in that situation? What do you think comes out into the life coaching or what traits do you think you're going to be then bringing out to other people? These things that 
there's no way to have that without that experience. What, what parts are you like, I'm keeping this part and I need this part and it's coming out and things even subliminally. What do you think about that? Man, that's a great question. And there's, <clears throat> there's a lot. I mean, there is a ton that comes out of that. Um, you know, real, real surface level, there's, there's discipline, right? There's, there's being able to put the work in and understanding my capacity for that, right? I mean, the, the amount of training and the intensity of the training that I went through and then the intensity of combat and deployments, it, it'll never be that hard again. Hands down, right? Nothing, nothing in my experience, I don't think, will ever be that hard again. Uh, so, you know, working a full-time job, you know, building a business, being, you know, a father and a husband, um, it's challenging. But I get to go to sleep in a comfortable bed in a warm house, you know, around people I love, and nobody's shooting mortars at me, right? All it's, of that is awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm a mega fan of all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what I say when I thank vets. Is that like, I, like whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm like, I love being able to walk out my door after I eat oatmeal and zero people shoot at me that morning. It yeah. is awesome. I literally get in my truck, I drive around zero things are out there to blow me up that I'm aware of at least. Right, and right. that's pretty dope to be able to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's number one stop when you're thinking of that is like, I love not being shot at and thank you for making it so that that's not happening. That's yeah. a pretty awesome way to just start out living in the morning is being alive. That's yeah. number one when you know your phone's broken or you didn't get to go out to dinner with a friend or you lost... Start the bigger shit starts setting in. I lost my job. You yeah. know, I don't get to live where I want. You're alive. That's super awesome. You're not getting shot at with mortars. That's super great. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah. right? Yeah, it's different levels, right? You yes, total different levels. Um, and you know, there. Not to say that there's not serious things that happen in life, right? You know, there's there's a lot of things that are hard, a lot of challenges. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the first thing. The, the next thing is that um, the, the camaraderie that you experience and the shared vision um, is a really powerful, at least in the group that I was in, right? And I think that translates to the civilian world in a number of ways, but, you know, it really speaks to how important it is to find your tribe, to be around people who support you that have some kind of a shared vision um, that aren't going to put a whole bunch of limitations on you based sure. off their own shit, you know? Um, so surrounding yourself with people who are at a similar wavelength, at a similar vibration um, in the civilian world is just as important. Um, and part of my mission as a coach is to help people find that purpose and that thing that is going to pull them forward, right? Their big dream. Um, so that they can put their best foot forward and, and, and have something to live for. Right. And so that kind of, I've, I've lived that experience in the confines of the military and that setting where, you know, we all went to work every day feeling very driven, right. Very like, like we were tied to something bigger than ourselves, very meaningful. And, you know, whatever your views are on, on the conflicts or the politics of the time or any of that, we all had different views on that as well, but we all went there for each other. We all went there because we were part of something bigger. Yep. 
And that, that translates very well. Right. And that, that's a lot of people are lacking that, that that'll completely change your life having that kind of drive. Uh, and then the last thing is that I shouldn't be here. Right. In some respects, I should not be here. Right. Because I was in a lot of very intense situations um, in combat, right? Getting shot at, like getting blown up. And I lost, you know, friends who just happened to be in the wrong spot. That's all it was, right? Like we were all there. Yeah. They, were just, they just happened to be the ones, right? Um, and I'm still here, right? So why am I still here? That that is such a such a gift and such an opportunity that I'm sure shit not going to squander it, right? You know, it, it, so so I bring that you know to my life um, every day. You know, it's a it's that's a huge driver for just it's real me finding and doing the thing. Like I like I, I'm not just going to leave that situation and then just go survive somewhere. Right. Just go through the motions. Like it's just, it's not an option. I need to wake up today and I need to eat food because my body will die without it. I need to drink water because my body will die without it. I need to sleep because my body will die without it. You're like, no, I need to wake up and do some shit today. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to live to my fullest potential. Like I'm going to figure that out. Yeah. And it's, it's going to take some effort to figure it out. And I might go zig and zag a little bit, but I'm going to put the pedal down and I'm going to live this life to the fullest, you know? And that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a big takeaway. When, so when someone is approaching a life coach, what types of things are, are making them reach out to a life coach? Like, wh- like I'm sure that you see people from like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I need someone to help me because I have zero guidance. I have zero anything, zero structure. You probably also have people that are like, I'm crushing it a little bit. I need someone to like keep me focused, to keep me driven, to keep asking me questions, challenging me. Keep like, yeah. what are some of the things that people come to you? The first contact, they're like, "Hey, Nick, I'm thinking about this because of X." What drives someone to go to a, to a life coach? What is it that starts that conversation? What are some of the things you've heard? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think I think that it's there's myriad things, right? Like there's there's coaches for all aspects of life, and and honestly, I think that any coach is a life coach, right? You go to fitness coach, nutrition coach, marriage coach, whatever, right? Like it all ends up being life coaching. Because everything is, everything blends. Um, There are, there are, the cutoff is kind of where maybe you should go see a therapist, you know, like because therapy and coaching are not the same, right? Right. But coaching is very much future oriented. It's about, uh, you know, accelerating and advancing your life uh, and creating a future that may not exist if you didn't work with a life coach or didn't you know, hone in and focus the way that you will with a coach. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I do get all sorts of people that come to me. W- what I think is most appropriate, at least for, for spending time with me as a coach, is someone who has achieved, right? They do have a track record of, of some big wins in their life. Um, they are they are hard workers and they have a dream, right? They, they have reached a point where 
there's, there's almost no turning back, right? They're in a transition point. It might be that they just got laid off and they realized, you know what, I can't, I can't do it. I can't go back to the corporate world. I have to do something else. Right. They might have just gotten out of the military and realized that, hey, I have a, I have a you know, new appreciation for what I'm capable of. Um, or they might be you know, an entrepreneur and they're looking to, to really scale up and go big. Um, you know, those are the types of people, the ones that are energetic, they're adventurous, you know, they're passionate, but they need some help. Right? Sure. And ev- everybody needs help. I mean, I, I think everybody should have a coach, right? I'm probably biased, but, but when you think about what does a coach do, right? I mean, look at examples that we have in our society that are more common, more well-known is athletic coaches, music coaches. Um, these are, these are the people that have those kind of coaches are at the top of their game, right? Or pretty close. And they're performing at a high level. They're performing at a high level. They've put a lot of effort into, they have this passion. They're really good at this thing, but they want to be the best, right? Or they want to be a hell of a lot better. And the only way to grow is to get a coach, someone who, you know, and this is the same with life coaching. It's really the same type of relationship uh, because it is a relationship first and foremost, right? But it's someone that's going to hold you accountable, someone that's going to challenge you, someone that's going to support you when you need it, right? Yep. Um, a, a, a good coach listens, reflects back to you, um, and you know, offers some guidance and has, has some tools in their, in their toolkit where they can say, all right, let's do this, let's do that. You know, like, and it's, it's all around this. It's very much focused on the individual. So everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different. Because that is the subject matter, right? Is, right. is the player, right? Not the coach, it's the player. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's, it's around facing your fears and getting out of your comfort zone and just achieving more. Right? I, I mean, picture it like, because like, like every like life coach, there's obviously some people that are just doing like monstrous things and then they coach, but like, any type of life coach with experience like yours or like other, other, I know a good amount of coaches at this point. I think about it like, like, like if you think of Belichick and I'm super biased because I'm a Patriots fan. So I'm sure that I've got some <laughs> listeners out there. They're going to hate on me right away and that's okay. <laughs> but, um, Belichick's like an older dude. He's not going to go out there and all of a sudden start crushing football like Brady. You know what right. I mean? He can't go out there and do that. Yeah. Everyone on the Patriots team can school him at football, like hundred percent. Yep. But not everyone on the on the football team can school him at coaching. And the reason being is because he's not there to be the best football player. He's there to be the best coach. And so you mm-hmm. don't have to be the best XYZ for whatever profession it is. You're just seeing from a different perspective instead of being inside of it, which me is like an engineer, an audio engineer. I can't mix my own stuff because mm-hmm. I don't see the perspective correctly. So mm-hmm. like I'm a mixing engineer. I just hired a mixing engineer to do my last record because even though I recorded it, I can't mix it because I cannot ever get the quality because I'm just biased to what I like and don't like in my own project that it won't be the project that it needs to be. Right. Yeah. So yeah. even though I'm, I feel professional at that subject, I need to get someone's outside view to check me 
to challenge me on things where I'm like, yeah, that's right. And they're like, it's not right. <laughs> you need to stop doing that. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. And I need someone to, to ride my ass too on, I'm a normal person. Everyone is a human being, no matter how many amazing habits you build up, no matter how many amazing routines you build up. We have off days. We have yeah. lazy days. We have bad days. And I feel like having a coach in any aspect is always going to be beneficial, even if it's just like a mentor figure that you communicate with to get some of those habits. And any facet that you're doing this, it's always going to be beneficial because you're getting someone to watch you on the field and make suggestions and conversation to give you construct and praise or whatever it, 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 it is from that time. Yep. from the outside yep. and there's nothing that can replace like outside view on on what it is that you're doing when you're playing the game Phil. yeah that's it man you got it yeah yeah cool. that's it that's uh that's what i'm doing um you know what my i do want to talk about my big dream right which is a little bit different right so the the big thing um that's pulling me forward is I'm, I will one day run adventure experiences okay, that are, these are like ultimately going to be exclusive, uh, perhaps invite only level adventure retreats or adventure experiences, however you want to, however you want to call it. Okay. And these are, these are going to be, um, intense experiences, right? That, will absolutely challenge your comfort zone. Love it. Um, and it's going to be geared towards people who are making a difference, who are changing the world, right? And these are people who are hard charging, right? They are successful. Um, and, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to give them an experience unlike any other that they've, that they've ever had that's going to energize them, recharge them, right? Get them to, to just make that leap to the next level and go out and continue to like amplify the good that they do in the world. And that's, that's really like, that's my ultimate dream, right? If I, if I could be doing that all the time, setting up these adventures, running them, um, that's it. Right. Like I just, I can't picture a more, uh, that sounds perfect, perfect scenario. Yeah. And so the the, the coaching comes into that, right. There will be, that'll be infused into it. And I'll probably have a few one-on-one clients at all times, but, but really that's, that's the ultimate goal. So even as I'm going through my building this, this coaching practice, um, that's kind of the theme that's woven into it, right. Is is a theme of, of adventure, of freedom, of connection, Um, you know, because looking back, like that's, you talked about, you know, what, what can I, take from my military experience. I mean, there's not a lot of people that live what I live there, right? That have, they've experienced that. I mean, I've, I've flown in Blackhawk helicopters, you know, a few meters off the ground, uh, you know, full speed ahead with open doors, right? Like, yeah. uh, I've, I've jumped out of airplanes, uh, multiple times, uh, at night, you know, like just oh crazy, goodness. crazy stuff. Um, you know, fast ropes out of helicopters. Um, you know, fast jumped out of helicopters while they're shooting mini guns overhead, you know, like just like, you know, there's rockets flying and like, you know, it's oh just, God, it's just it, the intensity is, is so incredible. And I, you know, I'm not saying it would get that intense, but, but you know, there is a helicopter in there somewhere. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's stuff that, that like, I, I want to share that. I want to share that kind of experience that for me was life changing, right? I'm a totally different person after experiencing that. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a big fan of, of pushing your comfort zone and, you know, having new experiences, bold experiences, right? Skydiving, yeah. um, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, even rock climbing, that kind of thing that it just, it just invigorates you, exhilarates you. Right. And, yeah. um, and you know, the, these type of people that I'm, that I'm going to invite to this, uh, experience, they might be crushing it. They might be doing big things. They might be pulling in, you know, tons of, tons of money, all this stuff, but, but they're not getting the chance to take a step back and just like have this incredible experience, you know, like they're, they're, they're grinding it, right. They got their head down. They're focused on the business They're focused on all this other stuff. I want to give them the opportunity to just like, just take a deep breath and like, you know, dunk their head in ice cold water. (laughs) Yeah. Hey man, check this out. You know? And, um, and, I think that I can bring that right because of my experiences and because of my passion for, for helping other people and all that kind of stuff. So awesome. Uh, that's the dream. All right, man. Well, that brings me to, I've got five questions that I ask everyone. I don't know if you've listened to any of the other episodes. Yeah, I have, but I don't remember the questions. So, well, first of all, I always say I'm going to cap this out, which is always controversial because I've heard that people say that that's not a real phrase. But then there was one episode where I brought like <laughs> conclusive evidence that it's real and it's okay. being used by, I will go back, but it's real. Okay. So I say, I'm going to cap this out. Okay. Right. And so I go through them and you don't want to spend too much time thinking about it because you don't want to overthink these answers. You want it to be organic to what you believe on it. So okay. number one question is throughout all that, we just hit huge amounts of Nick Devlin history, right? Yeah. What is the worst thing that you did in the process where like where a lot of people on the show are really optimistic and you're like, that happened for a reason. But what's something where like when you're talking to your people that you coach or you're talking to my audience, you're like, that happened and that was a choice that I legitimately I don't want you to make. What's something that people should not do in their process? Oh man. And the process of becoming or just in life in general, whatever the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. The, the choice I made that I don't want people to repeat is to just blindly follow the next step. Okay. That's, I mean, because it is a choice, right? We all have a choice and I chose for so long to just follow the same step, you know, and it's, that's, that's a recipe for a mediocre life. And regret ultimately. You wrote the song. Don't don't write the song in uh, 120 beats per minute. All my music people will, will know that. Like that's like the default tempo for like <laughs> okay. every song ever. And it's yeah. like the default tempo in any like DAW workstation. It's like 120. It, you can you can write an amazing song 120. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, default. exactly. Don't just it. do yeah. it because that's the tempo that's already set. Just don't just default. Do yeah. what the right thing for you is for that song to be the right piece of art. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, flip side. Now you get to be super pro. Yeah. What's the best thing through the process? Where you're like, damn, this is the best thing ever. I'm so glad I thought about this. That people would be like, I should do that. Yeah. Be intentional. 
Okay. Just be, yeah. I mean, they're linked. Your pro yeah, and con they, are the same. They absolutely are. They absolutely are. Um, that was the best thing was, you know, just get real, you know, listen, be intentional. Um, that changed, that changed everything for me. I think I got it from you, but I want to maybe like this question always, sometimes I get like a different viewpoint in the answer. What's, what is the reason why you are pursuing this with passion? Like what makes you pursue what you're doing right now? Why do you have to do that? Why is it the thing, the thing basically? Yeah. Yeah. I have to do this, uh, because I only have one life and I'm still here. So I need to make the most of that life. And that, you know, related to that is that I look at myself, especially as a father, as a, as a role model, as an example for my kids and for the world. Right. So it's just, you know, I I have to do this to be real, to be me, to be true. Fair. Um, Okay. So I know that you said you're just starting to put out and work on your website and things like that. But yeah. um, where can some of my listeners follow and keep up with you, you know, on social website, like where do people follow this journey that you're after so that they can stay in touch with you? Yeah. So pretty much the best way to get a hold of me is Nick Devlin coach at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Nick Devlin, Nick Devlin coach and I C K D E V L I N C O A C H. Okay. Uh, and I'm Nick Devlin coach on Twitter, YouTube, Insta, um, I will have nickdevlincoaching.com up at some point in the near future, but, awesome. um, as of now, yeah, that's the phase I'm at. So cool. Um, I asked it in the wrong order, but it doesn't really matter. What's like a book that you would recommend to the audience or anyone that's pursuing a life coach or they're just trying to live with intent. What's a good book for people to read? And it could be some people aren't huge readers and they give me like sweet ass video, uh, video content that they like or podcasts or YouTube. I'm open, man. Like what's a beneficial resource for people to use? Oh man, I'm a big book collector. I read some of them, but (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I think right now, top of my list is you are a badass by Jen Sincero, S I N C E R O. That hasn't been offered on this podcast yet. Yeah, that has an incredible book. It's, I listened to it on audio, but uh, I actually went and bought the book in hard copy after that. And she's got a whole series of, of badass books. Um, she's a life coach. She's an author. Um, and it's, it's really relatable, especially for someone who is maybe like, eh, is this kind of BS? Is this fluff? Yeah. Uh, what, what is life coaching? She just has a great sense of humor, gets, gets really real, um, and is super relatable. Just a yeah, really enjoyable read. Cool. Awesome. Well, Nick Devlin, thank you for being on the podcast with us in the Waking Up From Work podcast and capping out episode <laughs> 26. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you That's so there, much, man. Dave, for, uh, for having me on. It's, it's truly a pleasure. Hell yeah, man. And I will... Yeah. Um, I will be at another etheric show with you and not know who you are at that point. <laughs> I'll know this time. Yeah, I'll, now now you can spot me in the crowd. <laughs> dude, we'll be like a hundred. I'll be like, Are you still going to those etheric periods? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there, Nick. Yeah, you got it, man. Awesome. All, All right. right. 
Hey guys, so that's going to wrap up episode 26. I know it was a longer episode and Nick's story took quite a lot of time to get through, but I hope that you found value in really spreading out the entire journey that he went through because I think full circle, I saw a lot of things develop in there that I like to share with you. So as a whole, you might be seeing my content start to kind of diversify a little bit. I realized it was a little lopsided on the music and the audio that I wanted to involve in this because I work with such a community of artists that you're going to start seeing quite a bit of music content, you know, distributing your own music from the DIY artist standpoint, audio in terms of recording your own music and uh, how to record at home or start a podcast, as well as continuing on with this business, entrepreneurial and hustle type of stuff that I've been talking about. And the reason being is because that really is who I am. And I'm trying to be my real self with you guys and and talk to you about things that I know about and bring in people for the stuff that I don't. So I hope that you're finding value in it. Every Wednesday, I'm putting out a video now, and I'm usually putting them up to YouTube now as well. If you have a request of some type of information you think that you'd like me to cover or find someone to cover, I would love to hear it at Dave Wake Up on Twitter or Instagram. And I'm all about chatting about what you're up to, as well as trying to find things that I can show you on video on YouTube. Right now, I'm not cool enough to have my own URL until I have 100 subscribers on there. So you can just look up Waking Up From Work Podcast and you will find us there. Or at Dave Wake Up on Instagram, we'll see every Wednesday a video of some sort going up onto IGTV for you to check out too. Maybe just the short version, but either way, it's some fun stuff. Also, if you listen to this podcast every time it comes out, first of all, thank you more than anything. If you haven't subscribed yet and you're doing that, hit the subscribe button and that's going to make it easier for you because that will make it populate right in your podcast list every Monday at 7 a.m. when it comes out. If you listen to it and you love it, but you haven't given us a review yet, we would love you forever if you did give us a review. If you hate it and you listen all the time, that would be super weird, but you can give us a review too if you want, and uh, we'd appreciate it either way. So have a killer week, guys. Looking forward to bringing you some more stuff for episode 27 next time. Get ready to hustle.